Good morning and welcome everybody to the 2023 year-end review of the Abona Tennis Online Coaching Podcast where I'm going to be discussing the three things I learned and the three things that stayed the same. We're a few weeks into the year, so I can't really say Happy New Year, but I can say I hope you've had a great start to the year. And even though we're a few weeks in, take a look back and evaluate, okay, what did I learn? What do I really want to take into my you know, coaching philosophy and experience where I can try to help more kids? Uh, in, in 2024, but also what are some things that I also need to put more attention to uh, so I can continue to help kids and families navigate the junior tennis landscape a lot better. And I'll start off with the three things I learned because this is the part that always gets me, you know, because it, it's amazing how, I mean, I've been in this game over 30 years now, but every year there's still something I'm learning, you know, and, and that's why it's important to stay humble and just keep learning, keep talking to people. There's a lot, a lot of coaches out there that have a lot more experience than me. Uh, a lot more sports psychologists that are helping great athletes that have a lot more experience and knowledge in areas I don't have as much as, and I need to be reading books and learning. And the, the number one thing I learned this year is I can't be afraid to talk about winning. You know, I was so afraid to, put pressure on kids and make them think that winning is the most important thing because I've made that mistake where I thought that was the most important thing. And I put too much pressure on myself and I've seen other kids go through it and quit tennis because they couldn't handle the pressure. So I was so afraid of doing that to other kids for a long time. But after learning a lot of things and listening to a lot of great people, you know, we can't be afraid to talk about winning because at the end of the day, you know, if you're in the high performance space, you're in the competition space. And our job is to help kids achieve their tennis goals. It's not to show them a happy and fun time with lots of laughs and giggles. That, that's not why they're coming to us. Because at that point, it doesn't really matter the knowledge of that coach. What matters is how good of an entertainer they are and can they provide a fun experience. But that's not why kids are coming to me. That's not why families are coming to me for advice. It's because their kids have tennis goals that they're trying to achieve. And that's going to involve winning more matches than they currently are now. And tennis to me is a way that even though they're coming to me to achieve more tennis goals, okay, for me, it's an extension of the education system. It's a way to help kids grow as human. It's a way to help kids grow to be great human beings while striving for success. And that striving for success part is extremely important because that's when kids go through adversity and are forced to grow as human beings. See, if we remove the striving for success part, the striving for improvement, the trying to win more matches part, we're removing the dealing with adversity. And there's going to be a time when all these kids are adults and they have to face real adversity, job loss, failing to get into certain universities, relationships failing, so many more things, right? And if they went through a great high-performance program as kids, They'll have gone through a lot of adversity because they're trying to win more matches. They're, they're putting goals that right now they are struggling to achieve, but they know they still want them anyway. So they're going to go through a lot of struggling moments. They're going to go through a lot of adversity to try to achieve their goals. And they're going to learn how to go through tough situations. Okay. And by going through all of that, they'll learn how to handle problems. They'll learn how to handle their stress. And they'll learn how to grow and be mentally tough under those circumstances. And that's going to prepare them for life as an adult. And whether they achieve their tennis goals or not, at the end of the day, won't matter. In the moment, everyone's going to think it's important. 
because they're spending so much time and money on achieving their tennis goals. If they don't, everyone's going to be upset, frustrated, right? It's understandable. But 10 years later, you know, when they're past playing junior tennis and they're 28, 29, 30, 31, and they'll probably actually start seeing some results that it's earlier, you know, they'll see that they'll have developed the life skills required to be a successful adult. And that's why I'm trying to communicate this message more and more, which is we can fail at reaching our competitive goals, but still be a successful human being. So keep those goals high. We're going to try to get you to win more matches, but really deep down as parents and coaches, we should be judging the process and how they're handling things and what they're learning. That's going to be more important than are they winning more, but we need to keep that winning part in there so they can go through the adversity. Item number two, things take longer to improve than we'd like. You know, I spent a lot of time working in the professional tennis space and I got spoiled. You know, if we wanted to change or improve something, it really could happen in a matter of weeks. So I kind of start to expect something similar with kids. And what I realized is it wasn't just the effort and dedication to the improvement that the pros were putting. in. It's because they're world-class athletes. They had incredible body control and the vision to understand everything that was happening on the court. Once they put their mind to something, improvements can happen fast because of the way they were able to move their body and the, the understanding they had of how to move their hands, their legs, their feet in ways that can make these things happen fast. Junior tennis players are not world-class athletes. They don't have great body control. They don't know half their stuff going on in a match because they don't have the experience and they haven't received enough coaching feedback to appropriately interpret what's going on. To make matters worse, they're teenagers. They're emotional and emotions get in the way of our ability to interpret and execute. Pros are older, more mature and emotionally more stable. They're calmer. They can take information. They can take uh, criticism on what to improve and it doesn't bother them as much. So that means they're able to do something better. And that's why because of all of this, what might take a pro a few weeks to improve, a junior can take up to six months or, or longer. It can take a year, year and a half. Because you know, physically, they, they're not, they can't improve that fast. Mentally, they, they can't process it fast enough. And for the parents and coaches involved, it can be painful. It's hard to see the same mistake for so long when what needs to be changed is constantly being communicated. But I think if we can understand why it's so hard for a junior tennis player to, to improve something, it will be able to be more patient. The player will feel that we're being more patient with them. They won't feel our stress because when a player feels our stress, they'll feel that. And it, then that adds on to their own stress and things get even harder. So, you know, I think if we can understand this, then we'll be able to be more patient and understanding and actually make it easier for the player to learn and grow. The third thing I learned this year is no more one-day-a-week private lessons. And this one was a frustrating lesson to learn because, you know, unintentionally, I feel like I hindered the ability of players to get better. Um, and But players were taking longer to improve. And that's tough because my job really is to get a player to improve faster, and especially faster than their opponents. But this all comes from when I joined the tennis coaching scene. This was the way things were. You know, when I joined the country club, I mean – Kids would do their clinics a few days a week, if that sometimes, and then work with a coach once a week, sometimes twice on specific things regarding their game. But the problem with this scenario was if the private lesson coach wasn't also working with the player during the clinics, 
that player wasn't receiving consistent feedback regarding what they worked on in the private lesson. They instead, you know, understandably so, were working on whatever the clinic coach wanted. And sometimes that conflicted with what the private coach was saying. And this would delay the child's development. So I decided that it would be better for me to see somebody multiple days in a row, once a month, than to see them once a week, every week. Because this way, the player would get more focused repetitions in a short amount of time, making it easier for them to improve something. You know, repetitions spread out over so many days, they were not getting enough repetitions and to, to develop good uh, muscle memory and vision uh, muscle memory, if that's a proper term. But yeah, the vision to see things consistently. And if I couldn't do that, I would make sure the clinic coach was aware of what we were working on. I would ask them to reinforce things. If things were going great and we were working very well as a team, the player was getting better, great. If not, I actually started to suggest to some parents, I'm like, look, I actually think it's better if you just work with w- privately with one of the coaches that are in your clinics because then at least you're going to get consistent feedback. So those are the three things that I learned in 2023. Now, the three things that stayed the same that I'm really going to reinforce as much as I can this year. The desire to improve has to come from the player. The best coach in the world can't help an undisciplined and unmotivated player. They can have all the information and motivational tactics ever created. But if the player doesn't have a burning desire to leave it all out there on the court and to get better and to sacrifice and to go through the pain, the tiredness and the exhaustion and the frustration, there's nothing the coach can do. And I think before parents desperately search for the best training program in the world, I think they need to take a good look at their own child. Is that child failing to reach their goals because maybe they don't love tennis in that kind of intense way? And maybe they just simply like tennis? Or do they actually need a different coach? And sometimes it is a coach that's ruining things. It can be uh, the entire clinic situation that is just unmotivating. Uh, But at the end of the day, you know, I want to see if a player can really work that hard in bad situations, then when they get with a better coach that they enjoy, then they'll really improve at a, at a faster rate. But if they're too, they're too sensitive to the environment around them, that the environment needs to pick them up all the time, that's going to be tough. Okay. I want to see players that are really self-motivated no matter where they are. And then when you get a good coach and a good training program, then we're going to help that player get better faster. Number two, parents need to be coached as well. And parents don't know this, but when they signed up, they're, and parents didn't know this, but parents might not have noticed this. Parents probably didn't know this at first, but when they signed their child up for high-performance tennis, they signed themselves up as well. You know, they, they didn't just sign their kid up and then great, they drop them off. They have these highly competitive goals and all they're told is where to drop them off and where to go. That is not high performance tennis. Unfortunately for the parent's time and efforts, you know, parents have a tremendous impact on their child's tennis development. You know, tennis is unique in that parents have a lot of control over their child's tennis. They have full control over what tournaments their child can play, where they train, and are usually, and unfortunately, at tournaments by themselves with the child. Yes, we still need to change that. That's trying to do my best to change that in 2024, get a lot of coaches more involved there. But for now, parents are still spending the majority of their time alone at tournaments with kids. 
And so parents need to be coached on how to handle all these scenarios, what words to use, what tone of voice to talk with at certain times, when to not talk about tennis at all, and when they actually need to push your child to get out and train more. Because, you know, you can put your child in a training program where the coach says you have to play this and this and that and be here at this time and everything. But if the child doesn't want to go and the parent allows it, they're not going to go, right? It's not like in high school football where sometimes you can't change districts. You're going to have to move your entire house and where you live and maybe change your job just so that kid can go to a, a different high school football team and coach. You know, you're not going to do that in those other sports. It's too much of an effort to change. In tennis, you can just take your child to the tennis academy, the other tennis academy down the street. And so, you know, parents have a lot of control. And if they aren't coached, they'll do what they think is best. But most parents don't have any tennis experience. So how are they supposed to know what to do in those scenarios where they are making decisions? Coaches can't blame parents for the child's failure if the coach didn't help the parent. And I have heard that from coaches like, oh, the, the, the mom or the dad, they're ruining the child. You know, it's their fault. Poor kid. How involved are you with that parent? That's the question I always ask. Are you coaching them? You cannot blame the parent if you are not coaching the parent as much, if not more, than the child. Item number three that stayed the same, coaches need to watch kids compete. You know, the valuable information a coach receives from watching a player compete is too much. And it's not being taken advantage of. Too many players are competing without their coaches watching. And it's a shame. The truth comes out under pressure. The tournament player is the one the coach needs to see in order to come up with an appropriate development plan. You know, the tournament I just came back from recently in Texas, you know, excluding me, I might have seen one other coach there. So we're talking about two, maybe three coaches. Maybe there's another one disguised you know, in very casual clothes that I didn't know as a coach. So let's just call four coaches. I mean, there are multiple divisions there, okay, multiple draws. I mean, there must have been 64 kids playing um, at these two facilities. So four, we're talking about four coaches for 64 kids, 60 kids playing by themselves, even if I'm off, even if I'm off by one or two coaches, right? There's no way I'm off by 10, okay, because I, I, I can, you, can, you can spot a coach, right? That's just really sad to me. You know, practice is practice. There's no stress there. Even if we add in the stress by providing rewards or punishment during set play, there's nothing like getting a fresh can of balls from the tournament desk, warming up with your opponent, and having a referee say, time, let's play. You know, coaches need to be there. They need to watch the tournament player. Great that you're helping them in practice, but if you don't see the tournament player in them, you're missing who they really are, all right? Us coaches need to watch our players in live competition scenarios as much as possible because that's when we can really come up with the most efficient development plan for the player. So, you know, I, I really, really, you know, it's tough to watch this year after year, but coaches need to find a way to get out there more, uh, you know, record matches, do whatever you can. So to review the three things I learned this year, can't be afraid to talk about winning. Things take longer to improve than we'd like. And no more one-day-a-week private lessons. The three things that stayed the same for me that I really want to focus on and reinforce this year, their desire to improve has to come from the player. Parents need to be coached as well. And coaches need to watch kids compete in live tournaments. 
So thanks for listening. Hope you learned something. Feel free to reach out to me at any time at jy at arbonatennis.com. And good luck navigating the junior tennis landscape in 2024.